Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of individual one to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. The logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is argumentum ad nauseum, also known as proof by assertion and argument by repetition. Yeah, so this is a fairly easy one to understand, really. Argumentum ad nauseum, or argument by repetition, is simply when a claim is repeated over and over again, often in the face of direct rebuttal or or proof of the, the opposite, but the person just keeps on saying it. And the idea is that after a while, people will get sick of right. continually rebutting it. And there will be a point at which yeah. the claim will be made and there will be no rebuttal. And therefore, you kind of win the argument in that in that way. Right. It's it's a, being quite generous to even call it an argument, really. It's it's more just pretending yeah. that no one's noticed you're lying, <laughs> which, um, <laughs> which Trump is pretty good at. Yep. And <laughs> in fact, the reason we were going to do a different fallacy this week, but the reason that I decided we should do this one is because the Washington Post have uh, come out with a, a whole new rating this week right. in their fact-checking because basically their four Pinocchio scale that showed how whether a lie or a misrepresentation was kind of minor or mis, a mistake or anything like that all the way up to four Pinocchios, which is right. basically an outright lie. Yeah. That wasn't enough to oh, deal with Trump. Oh, it wasn't Trump. enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. Right. Because... Because they've noticed that where most politicians, especially if they get three or four Pinocchios, they will kind of readdress yeah. what they do and, and start saying something different. They, they won't okay. continue to say the same thing. Trump doesn't do that. He continues to say the same thing, even when people have proved it to be wrong. So much that um, it's clear that he he must know it's wrong and he is just continuing to say it in the hopes that eventually people will believe it. And so they've had they've come out with a new rating called the bottomless Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Like an infinite number. Which is, <laughs> oh my which god! Is specifically for this, yeah, specifically yeah. for politicians generally who who make these claims, repeat yeah. the claims, even in the face of of um, evidence yeah. Yeah. that has been repeatedly, usually shown them, and they they continue to say the same thing. So, our first example of this is in the campaign. Trump was talking about his tax cut that he wanted to do um, and how big it would be. And he, he said it would be the biggest since Reagan. And he said that a lot. He said it repeatedly. But about May of 2017, he changed his mind and decided that actually it was bigger than Reagan's. It was bigger than anyone in the entire history of the US. Entire history and, of uh, the world ever. Yeah. Because obviously with Trump, everything has to be record-breaking. It has to yeah. be the biggest. It has to be the most important because otherwise it's just what was the point. And, no no uh, point here. No point coming second. No point at all. No. Yeah, so he, he said this, that it was the, the biggest one. And um, he said it a few times. We're proposing one of the largest tax cuts in history, even larger than that of President Ronald Reagan. We've passed... 
The largest tax cuts and reform in American history. And this is the biggest tax cut in history. This is bigger than Reagan. As you know, we put our tax plan in. It's a massive tax cut. The biggest tax cut in the history of our country. Now, it wasn't the biggest tax cut (laughs) in history. You'll be surprised to find. Yeah. It wasn't bigger than Reagan's, in fact. It wasn't bigger than uh, two of Truman's tax cuts or two of Obama's tax cuts. So you don't even have to go go back very far in history to find bigger tax cuts than Trump's. But it doesn't matter how many times that was pointed out to him, he continued to say it. In fact, since May of 2017, he has repeated some version of this 123 times. Oh, my God. And he's just (laughs) using the repetition of it as proof of it he's not absolutely so he's kind of glossing over the the fact that somebody has said to him you know well history actually shows that there weren't that but you only need to look like two, two years ago well, a year ago since he started saying that to find a bigger tax cut but he's just he just uses the saying of it again to prove the saying of it so it's the, that's yeah. the proof by assertion i'm just saying this and that's the proof of it. So it's, and yeah, so you just get kind of worn down by it. Is, is it a, the, the practical application of what Goebbels kind of advocated, which was, you know, if you say something often enough, it becomes the truth. So you say, yeah, you, if absolutely. you're saying a lie, just keep, just keep saying it and it will become the truth. It just takes the, it replaces the space. Otherwise occupied by facts. Yeah, it, it is. You, it is an, another reason that it's difficult not to compare Trump to Hitler. <laughs> it's it's just one of those <laughs> the gifts that keeps on giving in that way. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. is absolutely. It was it was the the Nazi propaganda yeah. method was to create a big lie that um, even if it was completely obviously untrue and just keep saying it until people believed it or stopped saying it was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just completely self-serving thing, isn't it? And it's, I wonder if he actually believes it because, well, he, well, he can't do because he, up until he, he realized that Reagan had a bigger one. And then he kind of thought, well, hang on a minute. I don't want to be second best. So I will say that he's bigger than Reagan. So he's just kind of up the lie to serve his own ends it's the thing is like, it was yeah. the first bit was a lie anyway because it was never yeah. it wasn't the biggest since reagan no <laughs> even no <laughs> so, no yeah this is the this is the tax cut that was so big he wanted to call it the tax cut 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 remember yeah 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 that's right yeah that's what he was going to call it yeah it was uh, it was cuz it was so huge it was so huge or huge so, so huge <laughs> so i mean who who does he think he's kidding? And well, obviously, well, from the sound yeah. of the tape we just heard, there are many people he's kidding. About, about 35, 40% of the US yeah. um, voting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people, yeah. 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 Um, that's, yeah. I think, who he thinks he's kidding. Um, yeah. And yeah. he also thinks he's kidding them about the, uh, the border wall, his campaign pledge that he would yeah. build a wall uh, oh, okay, between yeah. the US and Mexico. Yeah. Which, um, and, and he's been saying, for about eight months now that they've started building the wall, mm-hmm. which 
isn't true. <laughs> hasn't been true at any point during that period, but it hasn't stopped him saying it. We started building our wall. I'm so proud of it. We started, we started, we have 1.6 billion. Oh, we're building the wall. No, we're building the wall. Don't worry. About it. We've already started. 1.6 billion. We've already started. We need the wall. We've started building the wall. So the 1.6 billion that they mm. got from Congress was for improving and renovating parts of the existing uh, fences and borders that, that are already there, physical borders. It, none of this is oh, allocated okay. to wall building at all. Yeah. And they haven't started building it. It it didn't stop him in just seven months prior to the midterms. Right. Repeating the claim 86 times. Oh, my God. I mean, all you've got to do is just watch the news. To, yeah. To, which is fake news. Fake news, which, you know, of the pictures. I mean, what are you supposed to believe? Because the most of America will not know, not be able to see that the wall isn't being built. So they're mm -hmm. relying on maybe some pictures from the news that might show the big absence of wall, which isn't newsworthy. There's just a big gap where there is no wall. And, and what, so what he does is say, well, that's fake news. So the, the stuff that you watch in order to verify that what's going on in places that you can't yeah. get to, he's just said, well, you can't trust that. You've got to listen to me we're, and we're building the wall. We're building the wall. This money that was allocated to something else is proof that we're building it. We've already started. Because he just kind of, it's, it's a kid that's been caught not doing stuff. Yeah. And they say, so you're, you're not cleaning the yard yet. And he go, yeah, 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 I, I am. Yeah, I've started. I'm, you know, I'm, it's clean. I've started. It's I'm, sweep, <laughs> I'm sweeping the yard right now. I've got a broom in my hand. I'm sweeping the yard. When are you playing the essence? And yeah. you look at him and you go, you're not. You're not doing it. So, well, you see, you, then you need to get your eyes tested because I clearly am, mm -hmm. you know, as he's sitting playing Call of Duty, <laughs> you know, he's not in the yard with a broom in his hand. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's that thing that I used to say to my kids, you need to brush your teeth. And they're going, we are. <laughs> and they're not. They're sitting eating sweets. Yeah. You know, we're, we're brushing, you know, and they're vehement in their, in their assertion. That they're actually in the middle of cleaning the teeth, you know. I don't know what they're cleaning with, sweets mainly. But yeah, so you think, well, you're not cleaning your teeth. I'll just go to the bathroom and look. No, you're not there. That's, uh, well, that's fake, fake news. So it's just that. I'll go to the Mexican border yeah. and see whether the wall is being built. Uh, well, you can't trust your eyes. Well, who do I have to trust? You have to trust me because yeah. I'm the president. Yeah, and and he yeah. conti he's continuing to say it, and he's continuing to to claim that um, it's or basically his this is his promise, his campaign promise, and he's he's living up to it. And the people who take his word for it believe that he is fulfilling yeah. his promise, where in fact, yeah. but the weird thing is that it's internally in, uh, contradictory as well because he is he's complaining. In fact, he's he's practically at the point right now of shutting down the government because the Democrats yes, won't does. give him the votes. Of to fund well, the give wall the money. Yeah. that supposedly yeah. he's already he's um, already building. building with money he's already got and yeah and also he's he's still claiming that mexico is paying for it so today he in fact he he tweeted this he said i often stated one way or the other mexico is going to pay for the wall this has never changed 
a new deal with Mexico and Canada, the USMCA, is so much better than the old, very costly and anti-USA NAFTA deal that just by the money we save, Mexico is paying for the wall. So okay. <laughs> he's claiming so he's, that he's now doing he a kind of renegotiated an agreement with Mexico. Yeah. The money that yeah. they saved is going to pay for the wall, which Saving. isn't how money works <laughs> because okay. that money's not allocated to to wall building. He doesn't get to just reallocate money he saves in one area. No. In, no. in even if you no. ag- agree and believe that he saved money in in the renegotiated yeah. deal, yeah. Um, he doesn't just get to put that into the wall. <laughs> That's not how that works. Yeah. No, what would be the point of renegotiating a deal if it isn't going to be any cheaper? Yeah. Because you're just going to but spend it anywhere thing is, else. This, this, tweet doing is, it- this tweet is like me saying um, BP is going to pay for my lunch and then cycling to work and saying, see, because I saved the money on the petrol, BP bought me lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a kind of, at the very least, it's an accountancy trick, yeah. isn't it? Where you kind of say... It's you know he's using the whiz words in real terms. Yeah, you know, we're saving, yeah. we're saving that that money. It's like yeah, it's like well, if you go self-employed, then you're earning more money because you're dealing with your own tax. What what what? Huh? Well, you're not, and that yeah, it's just an accounting ploy. So he's, I mean, is he is he doing ass covering moves there with that tweet? By saying, okay, well, those people that are looking into the where is the money, where is the wall, well, I've, I've got the money because I've saved it by redoing NAFTA, but the, which is nothing to do with <laughs> the Democrats shutting down the government yeah. because they're not giving me the money. There's nothing. That's just something completely different. That's, that's yeah, a different wall. Most of the replies to that are, oh, oh, brilliant. So you don't need us to pay for it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> now, now you won't need the money from the taxpayer that you've been trying to get out of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're threatening to shut down yeah. government for, with, for, yes. What oh, the crazy. hell? Oh. It's, and it's just, he, you know that he would just say that boldly in your face. He would look look you clean in the eye and go, yeah, I am paying for the wall. And you could you could take him, well, no, you couldn't take him there because he'd say, well, no, it's raining. Yeah, he can he can just absolutely, you know, stand up in front of a group of people and say, um, "We're building the wall. Mexico is paying for it." Um, you know, I just it doesn't matter that it's a complete lie because he's by the time anyone gets to ask him a question, he's already moved on to something else or yeah. walked away or it's just walked off. Know, yes, it's just wandered left, off. <laughs> just wandered off. Yeah, it's just it's bald faced lies and. And kind of nobody's buying it. I'm getting the I get the feeling latterly that uh, real life's happening, and then and then there's Trump. And yeah. whereas it used to be, you know, they're he used to, yeah, they used to be a bit more connected than they are now. I mean, not that they were ever that much connected, but so I think I think people are just kind of going, you know, they're they're saying, oh yeah, yeah, that Trump guy, yeah, he lives where the unicorns are. You know, beyond the rainbow, that's, you know, that's, you want to go see Trump? Yeah, that's where you need to be. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. So this week, we are traveling back in time somewhat to a time before, um, before Jeremy Corbyn, before the, uh, the previous, uh, Labour Party 
being in opposite. No, they've still been, they've always been in opposition. <laughs> it's so complicated here in British politics this week. We're not quite sure who's in charge anymore. I must uh, tip my hat to Jim who pointed this one out, which is just brilliant. And um, I've got a, yeah, it's so it's uh, this is Ed Miliband who was the leader of the Labour Party up until. Um, Corbyn became the leader. Uh, so anyway, Ed Miliband, this is, he's the leader of the opposition. During 2014, in February, there was a, a strike on the London Underground and the uh, David Cameron, the then um, Prime Minister, was saying it was awful and Ed Miliband was interviewed uh, and asked what he thought about it. Now, what is is interesting and also terrifying about this interview is that he he makes he he proves his position he asserts his position purely by repeating the same um, phrases over and over so here's his opening statement in response to what's going on uh, with this strike this is what he says first these strikes are wrong at a time when negotiations are still going on but parents and the public have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to put aside the rhetoric, get round the negotiating table and stop it happening again. So basically, there's a kind of four or five statements there saying, um, so they shouldn't be striking whilst the negotiations are going on. Um, the public and parents are being affected. Why he's made a distinction here, I don't know. Um, it's and the the government has made uh, a kind of heavy-handed response, and they shouldn't have. And he's saying they should just get back and negotiate. Um, so you know, you think, oh, fair enough, that's quite a good good set of positions there. So the interviewer then says to him, okay, however, uh, you are the you know the labour leader, and the labour movement is supposed to protect the rights of workers. Some of the people on strike are members of the Labour movement. So what do you say to them? At a time when negotiations are still going on, I do believe these strikes are wrong. And that's why I say both sides should, after today's disruption, get round the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric and sort the problem out. Because the public and parents have been let down by both sides. The government's acted in a reckless and provocative manner. So, re- recognise that at all? It's just, it's a yeah, pretty it much, does sound like we just kind of re-edited it slightly and shifted things around. Yeah, it was kind of ground I swear, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> and it, yeah, no, no, that is what it says. So, okay, so the, the, the guy who's asking the question doesn't kind of go, uh, it, yeah, Ed, you just said that? That's, is, it, is it me? Or you just kind of, you either kind of, uh, you know, shakes his head and, and puts his fingers in his ears and just kind of cleans them out and goes, okay, I'll give it another go. So, so he then asks him, well, do you think the, you know, the, the striking leaders are saying one thing in private and one thing in public? Do you think they are negotiating in good faith? So Ed comes back with... What I say is that the strikes are wrong when negotiations are still going on, but the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner in the way it's gone about these issues. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to get around the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric, and stop this kind of thing happening again. And stop this kind of thing happening again. We'll we'll kind of come (laughs) back and hold us. So you think, well, well, hang on a minute. So he's just said the the same things again, um, and then the... 
and I, it's kind of like one of those electric electronic. Yeah, it's like you pull the string. And yeah, he'll say. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, and he yeah. doesn't, and he he looks pretty much like one of those talking dolls. I must have bet <laughs> he's got a very low. Him and his brother got very low low hairlines, but it, it and it's also one of those things where you get an interview. So Tom Cruise is in the latest Mission Impossible movie, and you get your electronic press kit, which has got a pre-recorded uh, interview with Tom Cruise, and then you just stick your interviewee, interviewer, yeah. uh, in the other angle with the same kind of uh, decorative banner behind you, and you can ask your questions in there. So you would just fit the questions in. And it, it to, for all the world, it looks like that. And it looks, you know, and Ed... Miliband's face doesn't change at all. <laughs> um, Theresa May gets described as Maybot, but he's just, you know, Miliband droid. He's doing this thing over and over and over again. And the guy is still going, at, by which point I'm losing the will to live. <laughs> and the guy, and the guy it says to him, so, okay, have you spoken to the union leaders privately? I mean, good on him for continuing to ask questions at this point. Cause, I know. I mean, he might as well just go, all right, pretend I've said something else. <laughs> and, yeah, if this was Jeremy Paxman, who famously asked the uh, Minister of Defence during the Falklands War the same question about 21 times in order to elicit a response from him, this guy, it's like one of those the worst interviews on Letterman kind of thing where you think, oh, my God, he's really struggling, you know. And there's no sense from the interviewer that he's he's even struggling yeah he's just yeah. kind of going he just keeps okay it just keeps on going which uh, yeah keeps keeps chipping away so he's kind of it's occurred to him that maybe Miliband's saying something publicly different from what is pri- privately because he's saying this thing publicly over and over again in fact i think at one point he says this of course will be broadcast and uh, he says so are you saying anything privately you know, to to further the negotiations that you're not saying publicly. And Miliband, strangely enough, repeats the same thing. What I say in public and in private to everybody involved in this is get around the negotiating table, put us out of the road and stop this kind of action happening again. These strikes are wrong because negotiations are still going on. I've added the reverb and the fade for comic effect. Yeah. (laughs) And And then... And then... Picking up on one of the phrases that he has, which is uh, the public and parents have been affected alike, he says, the interviewer, with all, uh, what, with, with all innocence, sheer desperation, that, sheer desperation says, <laughs> okay, I'm a parent, you're a parent. How has this affected parents? I think parents up and down the country have been affected by this action. Uh, and it's wrong at a time when negotiations are still going on. Parents have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. So, they, so I was beginning to suspect at this point that Ed Miliband is either operated by the, the Henson studio and, uh, or that he's just making sure that his message, whatever, however they edit this, he's going to get to have said what he wants to say. Yeah, I think that's the most generous reading of this, is that, <laughs> is that yeah. he just had a, uh, well, clearly he had a message that that he wanted 
to it to be shown on the news, no matter how little time they gave him. The only uh, the only thing they were going to get out of him was this single clear message. Yeah. The trouble is, they didn't edit it down to one answer. They showed the whole thing, which made him look no. like a complete old thing. Oh yeah, which just made him because yeah, he he couldn't so he couldn't eat a bacon sandwich on air on on the screen. And he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't do this. So he just looks like an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. So they could have saved time and do what I did, which is to edit all the answers together at once. So this is what they all sound like, just to show you how, <laughs> how close together the answers all are. So he's reasserting his position by repeating it ad nauseum. So I've saved time and just edited more together. So here he is doing them all at once. At a time when negotiations are still are going on, at a time when negotiations are still going on, and that's why I say the public has been let down by the government that run away and talk about the other side of the rhetoric. I think they both are again. It's like Miliband in the round. Yeah, but it's also like I imagined if you watch Groundhog Day on you know, however many screens all at once, and they just yeah. ran the same day next to each other over and over again, it would be like that. It would just be awful, wouldn't it? Like that, I mean, it's, pretty, it's pretty unbearable on Groundhog Day, but with the milliband droid, it's just, what did he think? Well, we know what, well, we think we, he was what he was thinking was, right, they'll just cut this, so it doesn't matter which of the questions they ask, I will get my answer out. But then they showed it all. And it's just brilliant, isn't it? Ah, oh dear. So my, uh, my other example is thankfully a little bit shorter and it kind of brings <laughs> us bang up to date with what's going on over this side of the pond with the, um, the negotiations for the exit from the European Union. So this is Theresa May explaining and giving proof to the uh, legitimacy of her position by just having what I have termed argumentum ad tautologicum. When she won the leadership contest in uh, July 2016, this is what she said. The need, of course, to negotiate the best deal for Britain in leaving the EU and to forge a new role for ourselves in the world. Brexit means Brexit, and we are going to make a success of it. <laughs> so there it is. Brexit means Brexit. So we've had various versions of it. We've had a soft Brexit, a hard Brexit, a red, white and blue Brexit, uh, a no-deal Brexit, a May-deal Brexit, a Norway plus, Canada plus plus, all of those kind of Brexits. Um, so somebody asked her early on, well, why do you just keep saying Brexit means Brexit as if it's some kind of explanation? And then this is what she gave as a reason for that. Well, the reason I've been saying Brexit means Brexit is precisely because it does. And uh, to be very clear that we are going to deliver on the wishes of the British people. Well, that makes <laughs> yeah. it completely she says clear. It to make Brexit it clear. means Brexit <laughs> because it does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's her other thing. Is it just to be clear on it? And you go, it isn't. Towards the middle of this year with all the different flavours of Brexit and the beginning of the negotiations for what's become the deal that didn't, that the Parliament wasn't allowed to vote on uh, this week because she called it off because she thought she might lose. Um, so, so Desmond Swain 
he asked this question. Will Brexit be recognisable as Brexit? <laughs> Prime Minister. Yes, can I say to my honourable friend, there has been much uh, sort of jocularity around the, the, the term Brexit means Brexit, but it does mean Brexit. So, yeah, there has been some jocularity around Brexit. She's got no sense of humour at all, actually. So he kind of comes in and goes, you know, will Brexit still be recognisable as Brexit? Which takes into account the whole point that we don't know what the fuck Brexit is because she's never actually explained it. Even during the Prime Minister's questions time this week, uh, when Corbyn not unreasonably asked, well, what concessions have you managed to get in your whistle-stop tour of Europe when you ran off uh, preventing us having the meaningful vote in Parliament to find these concessions? You know, what does Brexit now mean? And instead of saying, you know, it continues to mean Brexit, she just diff- you know, did actually did lots of two-cock-way and said, well, you think, which is equivalent to, you think we're bad, what about you lot? In in avoiding the question, didn't answer what what Brexit now means. When she's got a ready-made answer right there, Brexit means Brexit. Yeah, it's Brexit. Crazy. Recognisably (laughs) and clearly it means Brexit. Yeah, (laughs) there have been great examples where people have misspoke it as breakfast, which has been <laughs> so cool. We should find something. Yeah, Brexit yeah. means breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> which would be easier, really, to understand. You go, oh, okay. So it's yeah. like a like a dog's dinner, only it involves scrambled eggs. You know, or, I'd vote uh, for that, or bacon, so, or something. You know that that I think yeah. you would get more than if you 52%. could vote for a, Yes, exactly. A full English Brexit. You yeah. people people would vote for that. Yeah, quite. <laughs> There you go, Jesse J. There, doing an upbeat, like a modern, modern one. None of this retro nonsense. Yeah, right up to date. Jesse J. Bang up to date. Fallacy in the Wild there by Jesse J. So in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. Uh, use a bit of pop culture some of the time. So the example that we've got this week is from uh, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, where Gordon Ramsay went into a restaurant to try and help them because they weren't doing so well. And the owner of the restaurant just didn't want to listen <laughs> to what he had to say. So uh, she kept saying this. I think our food's good. I'm standing by my food. I think our food's good. So... What part of store-bought frozen food do you think is good? I think our food's good. Help me to understand. What part do you think is good? I think it's good. I no. mean, I don't understand what you're asking me. Okay. So out of all the dishes that I had, the veal piccata that's old that you agreed to... I do. The lasagna that's microwave that's stone-cold, not even microwave properly, and the salmon with the paint. I'm asking you, very politely, what part... Of your menu, do you think is good? I think our food's good. But you're not stupid. I'm not stupid. So, meatballs frozen, sauce watery, lasagna. They can't even reheat it properly. And then why are you blowing smoke up your own ass, telling yourself in a deluded way that your food's good? Or have I missed the trick and I haven't ordered something that you said I should be eating? I think our food's good. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Yeah. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay starts off actually quite calm there but in the face yeah. of her just continually yeah. saying i think our food's good 
he he does begin to lose it a bit and yeah but he he is making reasonable points he's he's pointing out that the food is not good and reasons why the yep. food is not good and specific ways in which the food is not good and and asking her to yep. to explain it to him and her only point is i think the food's good yeah so that, yeah yeah so that what he's doing is giving her a demonstration of how to try and counter the the bald-faced cheek of yeah. people who are continually asserting the same point over and over again. Brexit is Brexit. The food is good. The wall <laughs> is being built. And you just, because you want, and, and yet he's also expressing the frustration that we all feel. Because he starts from, okay, so uh, why is it that you're doing this? To, you're blowing smoke <laughs> up your own ass. You know, you know, within the, yeah, within one program, he's kind of, you know, what? And he's just getting completely exasperated. And you, you, you realize I, I get the sense that the woman is beginning to see what he's saying and the merit in what it is that he's saying. And so, and, but has no, uh, comeback. She's kind of, she's mortally embarrassed and, you know, is ashamed of, of the point that she made earlier on that our food is good. She can't kind of, is it an American thing? She can't, um, can't just go, yeah, no, you're right. Thanks very much. Can, is, you've got years of experience. What can we do to make the food as good as I want it to be? You know, yeah. that kind of humble, just kind of stepping aside and, and, and letting the position that you're holding, just letting it drop for a moment so that you can just find some third way. What she's doing is continually thinking that what he, what he is up to is just arguing with her. So she's just argue, thinks she's in the right and is holding her position and thinks that that's a valid counter-argument. Um, yeah, but there's no counter-argument to engage with the points that are being made at all. It's just no. it's just a stubborn repetition. It's just a refusal to to accept that your point has been refuted. Not not that it's even possible to refute yeah. it, but that it's already been debunked. What you're saying yeah, is yeah. clearly wrong, and everyone knows it's wrong, but you're still going to say it anyway. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game; it's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Uh, we yep. think that, that Mark is currently on twenty three percent. Um, yeah, my memory of, of last episode is correct. I don't think I wrote it down. <laughs> I have wiped it from my memory <laughs> because I lost. Yeah, uh, which means yeah. that that you have the opportunity to yep. go up to twenty eight and a half percent if you get wow. this one right. That's that's. Pr- I'm I'm or pouring at the, down to twenty one percent if you get it wrong. <laughs> oh no! Well, I'm still higher than uh, Trump's approval rating. I that's mean, true. Whatever, whatever well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Depends <laughs> which which poll you ask. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, the, so the, the, the theme this the, week it's the highest score ever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, the well, theme this week theme. is okay. is um, Donald Trump complimenting himself in the third person. <laughs> yeah, it's not a thing that you would think would come up much. <laughs> but, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, statement number one. The Pope is being told that Donald Trump is not a nice person, okay? Donald Trump is a very nice person, and I'm very, I'm a very nice person, and I'm a very good Christian. 
or number two. I think Donald Trump is a very down-to-earth kind of, a very humble person, probably the most humble person you've ever met. Or number three, <laughs> China has total respect for Donald Trump and for Donald Trump's very, very large brain. Okay. I like the one, the, the first one, where he kind of catches himself out and he, he forgets who he's talking about when he says <laughs> Donald Trump is a very nice person and I'm a very, oh, I'm a very <laughs> nice person. Uh, oh, and I'm a very good Christian. A very good Christian. Okay, yeah. I think Donald Trump's very down-to-earth, kind of very good, <laughs> probably the most humble person you've ever met. Uh, now, I, uh, now, I think that one's true. So I think I saw him saying that. Yeah, and I don't think it was CGI'd. I think that, yeah, so I think two is probably true. China has total respect for Donald Trump and for Donald Trump's very, very large brain. Well, I can't imagine that for a moment. I think they probably laughed his brain. Uh, okay, the Pope is, Pope is being told Donald Trump is not a nice person. Okay. Well, where's he got that from? Okay. Uh, right, I think that. I think that number one, the Pope one, is the one that you made up. Okay. So you think you think number one is fake news. Yeah. Number two you think is yep. real and number three I is real. So real. let's go in reverse order. Okay. So number three you think is real and number three yep. is I do. real. China has total respect for Donald Trump and for Donald Trump's very, very large a brain. <laughs> no, a, a brain. Yeah. No, brain. what was he about to say? Arse? <laughs> Anus? He, um, what was he about to say? He, in his head, Aneurysm? he's quoting someone. But obviously that's right. not what was said by anyone. No. <laughs> that is astonishing. No way. I mean, because just by saying that, you're gonna, everyone's going to lose all respect that they ever had for him. Not that anyone's ever had that for him. <laughs> But just by saying that out loud to somebody recording it. Donald Trump's very, very large uh, a brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he have to, like, was he referring to his notes there? <laughs> very, very large uh, 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 oh, brain. I think he brain. just forgot the word brain for a moment. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, very, very large acumen. I suspect it was acumen. <laughs> that was it. And he forgot what the word was. When he got there, he couldn't read, couldn't read it. So acumen, a common, what's that? What is that? <laughs> so, some kind of spice. Wow. So okay. Two, no, I can't believe that that one is real. Uh, is yeah. real. And huh. number two is yep. fake news. Really? I'm afraid so. Oh, wow. That's very good indeed. <laughs> I think Donald Trump is very down to earth, kind of. He has, he has claimed even got to the be a very in there. person a few times. You've even, yeah, he has. He's he's claimed that part of the reason that he and the Pope would get on so well is that they're both very yeah. humble people, <laughs> and he's claimed that. Um, yeah. I think when he was talk, when he was being interviewed, he he the interviewer said, uh, "You're not exactly a humble person." And he said, "I am. Yeah. I think I am a humble person." Uh, he right. said, um, "He said I, d I think you couldn't possibly understand how humble I am." Right. <laughs> That's Which it, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit of a trick, but he didn't actually say Which is, it, so. And it's actually true that it isn't possible for you to imagine how humble I think I yeah, yeah, he was quite right in that statement, yeah. Right, 
Oh, wow. So, which so means that, that number one... No, that means that number one... Is... He actually said that. Israel. Oh, my God. The Pope is being told that Donald Trump is not a nice person, okay? Donald Trump is a very nice person, and I'm a very... I, I am a very nice person. And I'm a very good Christian. <laughs> Why did they applaud? Uh, He's a very nice person. to say. And I am a very... What? So, hang on. So you look at that and you think, right, well, Donald Trump is a very nice person, and I'm a very nice person. <laughs> Perhaps they're two yeah. different people. That's why Maybe you can talk about them in the third thinking person. Thinking he was John Barron at that point. Yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, it's just bizarre, isn't it? Not least that he talks about himself in the third person. Yeah. And then holds that third person up to be a prime, you know, a very a very nice person, a, a good example. He keeps, he puts Donald Trump on a pedestal <laughs> himself. And what? It's, oh my God, it's a, it's awful, isn't it? It's just, it's scary that he yeah. kind of thinks that that's an okay thing to say. Why didn't he just say, okay, people are saying that I'm not <laughs> nice. But I, you know, I think that's you know, a bit harsh. I yeah. view myself as a good Christian. <laughs> I think I'm an okay person, you know, but yeah. it's the Pope. So I will, yeah. you know, I will be humble in his presence because we're both yeah, humble He doesn't people. understand humble, clearly. No, he's, he's yeah. like the least, this is why he's not self-aware because yeah. he thinks that Donald Trump is somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. Unfortunately, what that means for you is that uh, you have... Slipped down to 21%. Oh, no. But I don't mind, really, because that was it was just a delight to hear him say that appalling nonsense. No, so I'm 21%. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. So, podcast listeners, oh. I need your help to continue to fool Mark. If you think you can make up a convincing fake Trump quote, then share this episode on Twitter. Include your quote and the hashtag fallacious Trump. I'll pick the best one, and you'll be podcast famous. So it's time for the part of the show where we want to talk about all of the crazy stuff that's happening in the White House, but there's too much crazy stuff. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on at the moment. Oh, and God. So this week we're titling this part of the show Recruitment is Not a Logical <laughs> Fantasy because uh, they're having a little bit of difficulty with recruitment at the White House at the moment. Yeah, weirdly. Uh, cause, yeah, because yeah, Trump yeah. announced uh, last week that John Kelly would, would be stepping down as White House Chief of Staff um, at the end of the year. Was he down or was he pushed? Well, yeah, he was. He would no longer be chief of staff. Although it had been rumoured for a while that he that that the kind of the feeling was mutual and he would be leaving as soon as he got the chance, really. But what they did the day that he joined do was have another person lined up to take over from him because this is the thing with Trump. He tends to just kind of decide on a whim that he's going to announce that someone's leaving or that he's replacing them without having a plan really to the extent that he did have a plan. It seems that the likely candidate would have been Nick Ayres, who was uh, Pence's chief of staff. Yeah. But pretty much straight away after Kelly was, was kind of kind of fired. um, Mm -hmm. Nick Ayres (laughs) announced that not only was he not going to take the job of chief of staff, he was leaving the White House completely. (laughs) In fact, leaving the state and going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. So it's um, like moving to somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to find me. Don't look for me, basically. No, don't. So. <laughs> that's right. I a long-term plan to disappear. Yeah. There must be a whole industry in kind of witness protection kind of <laughs> um, offshoot of all these people that were used to be members of staff who've now got to literally disappear. There's such a and lot of them. In order to make them... There's employ- such a lot of them. that there's, The yeah. turnover has been amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then are they going to ever get jobs anywhere else ever again? It seems like they're having difficulty, some of them. So, mm. yeah, it's... Um, I there mean, most of them, I think, of, just... There will be a, an old people... There'll about there'll be an, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or there'll be, there'll be kind of a retirement home somewhere with yeah. lots of disgruntled... It'll be like the, the White House retirement home, and they'll all just be sitting there ranting at each other. And, and, and Donald Trump will come in and talk about Donald Trump in the third person <laughs> and, like, with his hand in his, with his, in his jacket, like he's Napoleon. Yeah. So over the next few days after this happened, various members of the cabinet and of Trump's staff have, have been kind of suggested by the media as being possible uh, replacements for Kelly. And, and one by one, each of them have made it very clear that they don't want the job. <laughs> Mick Mulvaney yeah, yeah. of the Office of Management yeah. and Budget. Steve Mnuchin, Robert Lighthizer, the uh, U.S. Trade Representative, they've all come out yeah. and said, "Yeah, I, I'm happy where I am. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to do that." Rick Santorum went on CNN and was asked directly, "You know, if you would offer the job, would yeah. you take it?" And he said, "No, I wouldn't. I, I'm not going to do that." Well, I like actually. I like <laughs> the way he said, "I would. I would be honoured to do it." At some point in time, yeah, maybe it's not the right time for me at the moment. <laughs> and then, and then actually, what? Um, and it's a bit like politicians in British politics. They they tend to leave office in order to spend more time with their family. Yeah. So um, Rick Santorum's um, reason was because he wanted to spend more time with his family before <laughs> he's even taken office. He's going, no, 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 no. I would. It'd be a great honour. You know, maybe someday. Right Thanks very much, but but I want to spend more time with my family right now <laughs> before he's even joined. So, so the so one good. the one Republican who was reported as kind of having an interest in doing the job yeah. um, is, is Mark Meadows, a uh, North Carolina Republican who we actually um, right. talked about on Fear Trump in the White House last week, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but... It, it's also been reported separately. Well, he said yeah. in public that it would be a great honour, and he would he would would like to do it. It has been reported that he has said to friends that he wouldn't want to do it because it's it's a you know poison chalice basically. And Trump has officially said that he won't be offering it to Mark Meadows because he he is happy with where he is in Congress basically, and Trump needs friends in Congress uh, at the moment. Oh, he's not he's not kind of like the fat kid who uh, yeah, when you're. <laughs> Picking, picking sides for the for the basketball game. He's not like the fat kid at the back going, yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> and you kind of, and you go, no, you're all right. You stay where you are. It's just kind of like Trump's going around with his finger pointing out. And it's just I every think, time he gets to, to him. I think Meadows is, is valuable where he is for Trump. I think, oh, okay. that, you know, the Congress has, has shifted um, in the midterms and, and they need yeah, yeah. as many Republicans in there as they can. And he's, he's, oh, yeah, because if he goes out of there, Trump there would be another, they would have to elect another, another, they wouldn't just replace him. They'd have an election. Yeah. So 
lots of people have basically been publicly saying i don't want this job because yeah yeah because then this is really weird because the chief of staff is such a prestigious job it's really important it's 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 a difficult job it's one of the hardest jobs in 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 government because it you have to be at the on the front line the whole time basically and you get very very little credit but you know people like dick cheney people like Rahm Emanuel, um donald rumsfeld they've 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 gone on to other things yeah, following yeah. being chief of staff and yeah. and it's a it's an amazing experience, but not so much probably when it's Trump in the, <laughs> that, that you're working for. Even the Trump, no. Especially right now. Because yeah, so many yeah. people are are being, you know, indicted and, and essentially it is like find trying to find a new captain for the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. Exactly whilst it's going <laughs> after it hit the iceberg, yeah. Yeah. So the captain goes, yeah, yeah. Okay, who wants to be captain? And everyone's like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right. No, you're all right. You're all right. I'm gonna just get into this other boat and <laughs> and go if fine. You know, yeah. Well that's the metaphor for the uh the the leadership election that we just had here with the Tory party. Yeah. Was you know they crashed crashed into the oh my god we're sinking let's change the captain you know it, what yeah yeah but but the thing about the Trump administration is okay so it's a thankless task being chief of staff for which you don't get much credit and you're doing all this stuff and you can be sure in the Trump administration you would not get any credit oh yeah you've also got to deal with the idiot at the top who's blaming you for everything because he's just got a, you know a mouth that runs off at the the least provocation he's going to blame everybody so of course nobody's going to take the job yeah. but what does trump what does trump think of that i mean well, he... he's he's obviously denying everything <laughs> fake news he yeah, said yeah. he tweeted uh many over 10 are vying for and wanting the white house chief of staff position why wouldn't someone want one of the truly great and meaningful jobs in washington and um yeah he's his own answer to the <laughs> question isn't he <laughs> Many, many, all the ten. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, you know, he's, maybe he's claimed today. This is Thursday. Else. Um, Thursday night. He's claimed today that he has it down to five, five people who mostly well known and terrific people. Obviously, not not giving any names at the moment, but he's kind of choosing between these brilliant people. Yeah, there's a little bit of advice that comes from Jed Bartlett. Uh, right. There was an episode of The West Wing where it was the State of the Union and the, they have this thing called Designated Survivor where a member of the ah, party yes. comes in and, and is not at the State of the Union in case there's a massive yep. disaster or bomb or whatever so that they will yep. then take over. So yep. uh, Bartlett is giving the Designated Survivor some advice if he does end up having to take over. You got a best friend? Yes, sir. Is he smarter than you? <laughs> yes, sir. Would you trust him with your life? Yes, sir. That's your chief of staff. So the trouble is, uh, Trump doesn't have any friends. No. <laughs> so let alone a best. There's one. no. There's certainly no best friend that he thinks is smarter than him and would trust no. him. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that, that he's tr- just that he would he can't that, follow that. That he would, yeah, that he would trust with his life. Yeah. No, because no, because you well, you could trust probably pretty much everybody on Capitol Hill, to take his life, given the chance, given the if they could get yeah, away sure. with it. You know, if, yeah, that would be a good question to ask <laughs> any, any potential candidate. If 
given the chance you could get away with it and nobody would find out, would yeah. you kill the president? You know, the current president, not any yeah. president, this one. Yeah, this Would specific, you do that? I think you'd probably Which get about 60, 65%, something like that, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other 35% maybe come back and go, okay, yeah, what, what weapon would I get to choose? <laughs> you know, they would I come back with a that yeah, yeah. question. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> The, yeah, as I say, the, he supposedly narrowed it down to five terrific people. There's some speculation over who those people might be, but some of the names that have been rumoured include Chris Christie, <laughs> coming ah, back yeah. from yeah. from the, the exile where he's been. Yeah. yeah. The, the current acting AG, uh, Matt Whitaker, which would be a, a bit of a controversial choice, given that All he's right. not deemed by most people to even be suitable to be Attorney General or acting Attorney yeah. General. Jared Kushner has apparently been. been I know that is the it. most. That's <laughs> the most frightening one. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, perhaps he's the skinny, geeky kid yeah, that has his hand up maybe, as well that yeah. will get looked overlooked. But he well, he'll be the last one. Trump about it apparently. So. Oh, um, no. And and the other name that I've heard being put forward is Newt Gingrich, which would be quite bizarre as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, it'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting be over the amusing. next uh, few days, I guess. To or maybe maybe longer than that. They've said uh, that John Kelly is staying in his role until at least January second, while they uh, okay. while they figure out who's going to take over from him. So, was it work out whether he's going to get impeached <laughs> impeached or not? Yeah, uh, yeah. Whether whether Trump's whether it's worth actually signing up, or well, maybe that's the the thing that's kind of. Uh, making people a bit hesitant is well, you know, I could sign up for this, but I'll be out of work in three months yeah. because there'll be no president to work for. It's it's not a long term role at this point. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, you know, don't don't put any long playing playing records on. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. A federal judge has sentenced Michael Cohen to three years in prison for financial crimes, lying to Congress and campaign finance violations, which were at the direction of President Trump. Seems like if Trump really wanted Hillary to get locked up, he should have just given her a job on his campaign. Exactly. Uh, AMI, the company behind the National Enquirer, has apparently been working with prosecutors since September and has admitted coordinating with Trump's campaign to pay hush money to a Playboy model in order to influence the election. Honestly, if you can't trust the National Enquirer, who can you trust? The sentencing memos from Michael Cohen heavily implicated someone called Individual One in various felonies. Trump tweeted, totally clears the president, thank you. Because, hey, it's worth a shot, right? The identity of Individual One remains a mystery, although this extract from the memo narrows it down a bit. On approximately June 16th, 2015, Individual One, for whom Cohen worked at the time, began an ultimately successful campaign for President of the United States. Who is that then? Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> no, ultimately successful. That was brilliant, isn't it? On 10th of December, in a collusion-denying tirade, Trump tweeted that the Democrats were unable to find a weapon that fired decorative embroidery made by gathering cloth in regularly spaced round tucks. Whilst hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter immediately thought he just couldn't spell smoking, Bill Mitchell, the host of a YouTube channel dedicated to supporting the presidency of Donald J. Trump, quickly retorted five hours later, cramming mocking and smoking together in order to save Trump's ass. Well, that's got to be worth a cup of Kofifi next time he's passing the White House, surely. 
When told that federal prosecutors believe Trump has committed multiple crimes, Utah Senator and spineless dinosaur Orrin Hatch said, OK, but I don't care. All I can say is he's doing a good job as president. I don't think he was involved in crimes, but even then, you know, you can make anything a crime under current laws if you want to. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't have to care about Orrin Hatch anymore as he's retiring from the Senate. And he gave his farewell speech this week. The Internet's response was not exactly mournful. Here is a genuine, typical tweet. Senator Orrin Hatch delivers his farewell address on the Senate floor, and I cackle and give zero fucks. I hope that ghoul dies of boredom as soon as retirement starts. Fuck him. <laughs> I love the ghoul. That's crazy. <laughs> Last week, Dan McCready, the Democrat running for Congress in the disputed 9th District, renounced his concession that he'd made to Republican Mark Harris in the midterms, despite being entitled to a recount. North Carolina Republicans have originally threatened to sue the elections board if it refused to certify the ninth results. But following ballot tampering evidence, they've weirdly since backed all the way down from that. And their own state GOP executive director, Dallas Woodhouse, is this week effectively calling for a new election. Whilst it's rather gratifying seeing a right wing party that isn't British fighting among itself for once, our lot can learn a thing or two about admitting to tampering and rerunning votes. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to see that they finally found some voter fraud. Just happened to yeah. be Republican and voter fraud. And it turned out no. to be their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> And they're also looking into Mark Harris's winning in May over the incumbent Republican. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, the primary they, was also possibly kind of, they, not yeah. entirely well run. Yeah. Former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson was interviewed at an event in Houston last week and said, quote, the president would say, here's what I want to do and here's how I want to do it. And I'd have to say to him, well, Mr. President, I understand what you want to do, but you can't do it that way. It violates the law. <laughs> Naturally, Trump accepted the criticism with good grace. And no, seriously, though, he tweeted, Mike Pompeo is doing a great job. I'm very proud of him. His predecessor, Rex Tillerson, didn't have the mental capacity needed. He was dumb as a rock, and I couldn't get rid of him fast enough. He was lazy as hell. The best people. Trump is, of course, concerned about managing the debt owed to America's creditors by the most successful economy in history, currently about $21 trillion. And he expressed his concern with a heartfelt, yeah, but I won't be here. So now we know why he doesn't care about climate change. There is, of course, no correlation between Trump's statement and the recent successful flight by Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic to the edge of space. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you hear Trump say something stupid and wonder if it's a fallacy, find us on Twitter at Fallacious Trump or email us on pod at fallaciousTrump.com. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump, you'll get extended episodes as well as bonus content like our chapter-by-chapter -chapter breakdown of Bob Woodward's book Fear, Trump in the White House. You can connect with us and other listeners in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallaciousTrump, where we'll post some links to stuff we've talked about. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.